joined by Cammy Kerr. Cammy, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks very much for uh, having me on. All right, pleasure. I just want to start off by asking what your early football memories are. Early football memories? Um, probably about maybe four or five. And it was, uh, I used to go to a place, Dick McTaggart Sports Centre in the, in the summer. And um, that was my, my summer as a, as a youngster. And um, then very early doors, going to Dens as a season ticket holder at five-year-old. And those uh, vague memories of uh, watching the players that obviously grew up watching. Um, so I'd probably say they were my very early memories. I can, I can imagine, so I can remember my very first football strip being a Barcelona top with Ronaldo on the back. Obviously, how's it not a Dundee top? Well, I know my, fi- my 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 birthday. I think it was maybe my fifth or sixth birthday. I had my first Dundee top with Juan Zara on the back. Um, who, who first? Who first got you into going to games and supporting I mean, would have been my dad. Um, there was no pressure on me to or that to go to Dens. Um, it was kind of obviously just a decision that was asked upon like, by my dad or whatever. But I was just buzzing. I just I remember the first time I played football, you just fall in love with. Um, just that kind of don't know what that feeling just brings you back. You start kicking a ball every day. You start going out practicing your keepy ups, and every day you're like, nah, I need to get better. I need to get better. I need to, I need to get. 10 this week or 20 keepy-ups this week and it just it kind of snowballed from there um, and obviously started going to Dens. Who, were you, who was your favourite players when you were, well, when you initially started going to Dens? Who was the players that you liked to watch? Yeah, well, obviously I grew up and it was kind of that, that era when there was like Nimzadzi, uh, Fabian Caballero, Juan Zara, obviously loads of people know that Barry Smith's kind of my, my hero and it, it wasn't until actually a bit older and when I kind of got slightly older, that I realised what, what Barry had done for Dundee in terms of obviously me growing up being a Dundee fan. He was a captain in a team that was full of probably like superstars for Dundee. When Kenija played, there was Gavin Ray, Nimzadzi, Kishnashvili, all these players. And obviously I, I, I loved him as growing up because he was Dundee captain. But it was not until you're that wee bit older that you realise probably the, you know how good he was in my eyes in terms of being a captain at the club and, and how many games he played. He, no, he played over 400 games for the club. And signing for Dundee, talk to me about how that came up. Well, early doors, I was um, I obviously joined Dundee when I was eight, and it was I was just kind of a young boy. I was playing for for Ferry Athletic in Dundee, which is a su- Sunday boys team, um, and I had training maybe with them twice a week. But every other night, I'd be going to the Dundee community classes out with. Um, and I was just down at the local public park and a friend of mine now actually to this day Craig Ferret I was I was just down playing with them and uh, picked me up and I got I remember my dad got a phone call one day and he was like would your, would your son be uh, okay to come to training tonight at Curtin at half five till half six I was like what for the actual Dundee like you're he's like yeah actual Dundee so I went along my dad took us up Trained, done really well, obviously just totally buzzing in my element that I was getting to train with Dundee. Um, I think we used the old traffic cones as like goals and everything. That's how like it was, but like I say uh-huh. back in the still only 27, but back when I was so young, it was it was the old traffic cones and you're just playing on any piece of pitch you could get. Um, and I think that must have been about a Tuesday. Um, I think it was the Thursday my dad again I remember got a phone call at his work he just well he played fives on the Friday because I remember he was at the lunch centre and uh, one of the coaches had phoned him and said look 
can he come tomorrow that we're playing against Rangers at Murray Park? So that was the kind of start of it from there. Um, eight-year-old playing for the under-11s at Murray Park, started on the bench. Um, but we got, I mean, I don't, people in Dundee will know that the boogie bus was the old bus that used to take all the people to Deja Vu, the nightclub in Dundee. That was the bus that took us through on the Saturday morning to, oh, to Murray, no. the young lads on the Deja Vu bus. Um, obviously, at the time, I was none the wiser, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the start of it. What's your what's your favourite memories that you look back on coming through the academy at Dundee? You know, what, we've got well, I've got so many, but it's mainly it's mainly to do with the boys that we had growing up. Uh, I must admit, we had a good good bunch of boys who were good foot, good talented footballers, but we 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 generally got beat every other week that we played. Generally through. It must have been the smallest football side you'll ever see. And we just got, after about 60 minutes, we'd get ran over the top. We wouldn't be able to compete with teams physically. And and most weeks it would end in defeat. But you go back to those memories of like away days on the bus with all your team and the laughs that you used to have. And you used to sing songs about the coaches and that on the way back. And it was a great togetherness as, as a youngster. So looking back at those memories, even I'm still pals with a few boys now. And every time we see them, was talk about those good times that we had and I think we had a good relationship with some of the coaches as well so it was good at that time at Dundee and it, that's what I'd probably say was my no specific um, like one one thing that sticks out um, obviously you've got memories of scoring good goals and stuff and I remember I scored a goal in a, a derby at, you know a, a youth derby um, that would probably stick out personally for football reasons but for youth, like memories, just the experience of playing with, with good people, good friends. And that was something that drove you on every week, actually. When you used to go away to teams in Glasgow and stuff, that used to be your kind of, you know, your, your impetus to go and try and get a, a victory. And they've always kind of brought some pretty good players through. Eh? There's a few as well than now. Are you, I know yeah. some people will kind of say, like, I had Dick Campbell on, for example, and he says yeah. previously that there's a lot of teams that, well, he wasn't really for academies as such, because he says that a lot of the, the bigger clubs will just kind of steal the players. Are yeah. you something that, well, are you part of that argument that you're for them? Um, yeah, I think I'm for them, but I understand where he's probably coming from in the fact that, like, now it's like your your son or daughter's getting poached at the age of five, six, and it's like, you must do this and it's so regimented and you're at training five, six times a week. That wasn't that wasn't the way it was when we were young. Like, I was getting picked up for the team I loved and that that's just the honest truth. So I was totally like in awe of having this opportunity and that's what it was for all of us, was an opportunity to go and play for Dundee and everyone in you, and that's not being like big-headed, because it's far from it, but everyone in the school wanted to play for Dundee United. And I, I was lucky enough I got to do that, and, and so did other boys. Um, so I understand what, what Dick's coming from with that in terms of, like, yeah, your your son now is like, oh, he's, he's maybe 12, 13, and he's getting picked up by big clubs. But again, I, I just see that as an opportunity for somebody, and that's probably the way the way football is now, sadly, at academy level. I don't see that changing. But for us, when we were growing up, it was just an opportunity to go and, you know, try and be a football player. And we didn't have the, the greatest facilities at all. Like, we'd be training on the public parks where you'd be avoiding, you know what I mean, dog crap or, or whatever it may be. But we didn't even think twice about that. Like, that, yeah. was, that was 
the kind of probably people that we surrounded ourselves with, and they were they were just grounded people. No, I agree with you. At what point did you start thinking that you've got a chance here? Um, uh, you, my honest, my honest answer, and I'm I'm not just saying this because we're on a podcast that you're trying to sound good. I've never once sat and thought about like this, I've got a chance or I've made it or or anything like that. Oh, you can't say that now. No, honestly, to this day, I never sat and went like I've made it because every day I'm sitting there like thinking, oh. I need to be better at this. I need to do that. Like, never is there time to sit and... I, I don't even sit and look back on really, like, what I've achieved up to now, which I still want to achieve so much more. Like, there's there's never a time where I sit and just think, oh, yeah, like, I made it that game. Like, the only game that I'd think or look back at that I thought really defined me is probably my, my first SPL star, which was against United in the Derby after a really tough period of being out on loan and stuff, that's the only, the only time that I'd say is maybe even a turning point in, in my career, I'd say. Talk to me about your, your debut for Dundee. What was that like for you and your family as well? Yeah, my debut was special. It was, uh, it was against Livingston under John Brown, and uh, we were actually getting beat 1-0 at the time, and I'd been... I'd been in and around the, the, the first team. I'd been training really well. And John Brown, to, to, no, to his enormous credit, was was brilliant with me. He was um, probably what, again, you go back to management and coaching, that epitomises who I would want to be in terms of his, his honesty and work rate and, and getting the best out of people. And so I'd been on the bench, out the squad for the, the weeks upcoming to this game. And we're getting beat 1-0. And there was nothing happening in the game. Like it was a nothing game. Dundee were Dundee were really poor that day, and and usually they were you know firing quite well that season, and nothing was happening. And I, I just remember the manager turning around and saying, "Right, go go and get warmed up." And everyone's looking at me, going, "He's going to be all over the place, nerves here." And so I remember the physio Karen Karen Gibson at the time had sent Kyle Benedictus. You know, go and help him, go and, go and warm up one. So I was up at the Bobby Cox end warming up, obviously asking Kyle everything, and, oh, do you think I'm going to go on this and that? And then I just, I remember the whistle from uh, John Brown, the both hands he was able to do it, and he just whistled me in and went, go and get, your, go and get yourself ready, son. So only got, I played, I came on for 10 minutes, had a shot. Had a shot. Had a, played right mid, had a shot on target, thought I was maybe going to sneak in. Just ran about off sheer adrenaline, eh? and that, that was the debut, and um, it was just a total like that's everything that I'd genuinely dreamed of growing up was to to play for Dundee and, and I, to that day I don't know. and I saw a thing with Gary Neville the other day that was like put up his debut for Man U on his Instagram uh-huh. and it was this was 30 years ago Tuesday or something and he was like if I'd died the next day I would have you know had my dream I've seen that I right. And that, that was similar to me at that time. Like, that was just like, I was like, if I, if I die tomorrow, I'll, I don't mean I've, I've, I've played for Dundee. And uh, well, it was a great a great experience. Obviously, we got B, which was the, the bad bit. But on a personal note, it was good. I'm not even a Dundee fan. It's absolute class just hearing you speak about that. Like, hear somebody so buzzing just to play for the club they support. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, look, it was totally, totally special. And I'm, again, I'm not just trying to say this because it looks good to be a Dundee fan but 
even every time I do play for Dundee, I, I understand how privileged I am to play for a club that I love. I was at Celtic Real Madrid game um, the other week, and I saw like footballers in the crowd, and I found it weird. But I thought to myself, well, that's like me going to a Dundee game. You know what I mean? Like, boys are just going to watch their team, and, oh, no. and, and Dundee's. I've been lucky enough that Dundee's my team, and I've I've, I've got to to play for them for, for a while. Well, I speak to you about the loan to Peterhead. That's definitely a reality check going up there. What, what do you think the benefits of that were for you? So many. Like, uh, I, well, I ended up going twice to Peterhead. Um, again, I obviously have a massive thanks to Jim McNally. He, he picked me up every Wednesday for training, took me to games on a Saturday, all the way up to Peterhead, hoping to listen to me for an hour and a half up there. Um, the group of boys in the changing room were, were great at Peterhead, but as you say, total different kind of ball game. You're you're turning up on a Wednesday night after guys have been working all day. They're you know they're, they've not been getting to prepare all day for training like I had been. Uh, you're going home, taking your your kit home to wash. You're getting no food after training, but just a real hard working environment where I learned so much, um, and. I must admit that those times going on loan were so polar opposites from the first to the second. Uh, the first time was so so good. I, I scored my first professional goal. I got young player of the player of the season at Peterhead, and then I thought, right, okay, I'm coming back to Dundee now. I've surely got surely got a chance at playing. And realistically, I wasn't I wasn't ready, and that was the honest truth. And I ended up going back on loan, and my head probably just you know looking back now wasn't in it when that's probably a learning curve looking back. I was getting sent off. I was not playing my football. I was just really, but I ended up not playing for a while in there. And then Jim McNally had pulled me um, about six to eight weeks to go. And he, I remember sitting in his car at Brecon after the game and just totally, totally down there about football. And he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna cancel your loan. I'm gonna cancel your loan. I'm gonna put you back to Dundee. The Derby, the Derby's in six weeks." And I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, are you taking the mick out of me here? Like, I can't get a game at Peterhead just now in League One, but you're thinking I've got a chance of playing in the, the Premier League in six weeks' time in a derby. Like, but I, I didn't say anything, that, but that was my thinking at the time. Um, and I don't know how it worked out the way it did, but I, I played in that derby and that was... That's insane. But that's what you go on about, maybe luck or turning point or deserving your luck, I don't know. I really don't know, but no, I can't look back on that moment. I'm just grateful for every you know opportunity that I've, I've had. When you went, when you returned to Dundee after those loans, when yeah. did you start properly feeling like a first team player? Um, again, it's probably not something that I sit and think about in terms of being a first team player. I understand now that I'm more of a an experienced player if you talk about that. Um, but as once I was still in the young the young lads dressing room at that point when I was playing in the first team. So probably the probably the season after that when I got moved through to the first team dressing room and you've got your name plaque and that on the dressing room, somebody's on your boots to clean them. That's probably the first time that you think, right, I'm in the first team dressing room and I need to make this count and I'm part of it. Probably say that that was the time that I thought, yeah. And when that happened, was there anyone that when you went back to Dundee, maybe took you under their wing, made you feel a lot more comfortable in the squad? 
Yeah, look, I've had I've had loads of people over the years, and I can talk about different different eras and and how influential people were. Like even from my first start at Dundee, the, the day before, Craig Beatty stopped me on the way out, and he was like, he actually stopped me, grabbed me, went, "Tomorrow we're playing Cowden Beat at my first start," and he went, "You're one of us now." He's like, "Ah, you puff your chest out, and you believe that you're good enough to play because you deserve it." That's class. I walked out feeling 10 feet tall like that day and came in on the Saturday like buzzing. Just wee things like that. I've obviously had, um, I'm probably going to miss people out because there's been that many. Like even Jim McAllister, the way that Jim McAllister used to train every day um, to be the best trainer. Um, I go back to like the people that have probably hardened me up. Uh, I look at, you've probably heard the stories about Darren O'Day, Gowser, McPake. Who, who, who terrorised me at times but it did, it made me stronger as a person um, and, and to deal with you know tough times so when I was coming through they three probably were the ones that really did toughen me up um, so yeah but there's plenty of other people as well I go back to Barry Smith who was a hero of mine but he ended up being my manager so like the respect and for him was just through the roof Were you and all working under him? Yeah, every day was like surreal. But I used to take a, I used to take a pelters off the young lads about it because they knew. But um, yeah, that, I want to say that was when, when probably many people don't know this point. The first time that I was, I was, I would say this actually. I've not said this in any other time that I've spoke. But the day Barry got sacked, I was proper like, like devastated. Day like, it was. I remember that we we were usually off on a Wednesday because um, we had to go to college as young lads and I don't know for some it might have been because of this but for some reason we had to go to Dens on the Wednesday afternoon and we turned up and I was in a car school with a couple of young lads because I couldn't drive at the time and we turned up and all the all the cameras were outside Dens and I just knew straight away well, my heart, were you devastated because of who he was to you or how good he was for you probably both like I, I I'm just a big believer in like things that are like you know legends and that at the club like they deserve their place yeah and he had his place as manager and I probably at the time like I need to not watch what I say here but you know at the time he, he probably was hard done by with, with what happened and, and the way that he was sacked in terms of we didn't even know what league we were going to be playing in and I know for a fact that you know that the players loved him and he was just such a massive part of what Dundee was and what I epitomised and that's why I'm so strong about some feelings towards like ex players and stuff like that because I knew that straight through the the club, like even to the kitchen staff, like they absolutely loved them. They absolutely loved them and they built up that relationship throughout all the years. And then that was it was kind of like the end of a an era a wee bit when when that day that he'd he'd sat been sacked. I'm asking you about being in awe of Barry Smith. What was it like as a fan for you going into that dressing room having to be a part of it and then? Like, is it no? Is it no mental? Just trying to have conversations with players you were watching on the Saturday or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's. it's I'd say it's something that I've, I reckon that I have been quite good at though in terms of dealing with. Like, as soon as I'm, you know, I come in that dressing room or I come through the front doors, it's right my time to be better, and I've got to be a professional. Um, like I remember when Neil McCann was doing the TV. 
hey, I was still a young boy at Dundee, but he was coming through the corridors and I've asked him for a photo. He, after he scored that defiance uh, goal in the defiance season, and then three, four years later, he, he ends up being my manager. So just weird, weird things like that that have happened that have maybe meant to be throughout the years. Um, but I, I'd say I've always been quite good at like understanding like the professional side of it and, and knowing you know, you've got to really knuckle down and they things you can't probably let yourself get too emotion, you know, full of emotion, which sometimes maybe I have and let my emotion kind of play play a part. But I think as I get older, it's something that I'm, I'm dealing with better. Like you say, I think there are times where, so how do you, how would you word that the fact that you almost need to turn off the fact you're a fan because you end up just maybe a wee bit rash and stuff, eh? Yeah, and, and that, that is probably something that I've been labelled with a lot, which I, I don't like getting labelled with that. Oh, you care too much. You care too much or you, you try too hard or, you know, and sometimes you can. I understand that to a certain degree, but that's the way I am. And I, and I can't change the way that I feel or, you know, if I'm out the team, I can't, you know, probably hide my emotions great and and stuff like that. That's just the way I am as a, as a person. I'm not going to try any less or, you know, stuff like that. That's just the way I am and the way I've been brought up. Yeah, probably through being a Dundee fan and, and all that time that I've been, you know, grown up as a, as a youth player and all the learning you do throughout the years, that's what's made me who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can I can tell even just for we were speaking before, we actually started recording, like, you can tell by the way you play as well, everything's just completely 100%. You're not going to get any less than that. No, and, and I've never known anything less. Like, that's just... That's when I do the coaching. I've, I've, I've asked like kids in the past, are you giving me everything you've got? And sometimes the answer has been no, and I can't get that in my head, how the answer couldn't just be 100% all the time. Um, but boys are, boys are sometimes saying, Cammy, you've got to maybe sometimes just have a day off and chill out. So I, I might need to start doing a bit more of that. You've had quite the journey with Dundee so far. What would you say the highest high is and what would you say the lowest low would be? Um, well, the lowest low would be would be relegation, and it's it's a horrible thing to touch on, but it's the reality of football. Um, I've I've had to deal with two at Dundee, and the first time that it happened was, I mean, I could you could talk about it forever. It was it was accumulation of just a, so many things that were wrong with you know things that were going on off the park. Um, I wasn't playing, I was in and out of squads. Obviously, just, you know, think of the frustration and not being able to help from the stands. Um, I was then put in the, to the end, towards the end of the season and it's, I felt helpless, to be fair. It was, just, it was just a horrendous kind of period. Obviously, we'd been relegated last season and it's, it's terrible to say, but the, what's went before prepares you for that. You know, I was and I was an absolute pieces the first time we got relegated because I felt like it was on not on my head but I felt like well I'm relegated with Dundee it's my fault it's, it's this and that it's not always the case it wasn't the case that when you're a younger person you, you take a lot of that yourself and uh, I struggled for a while with that it was you know it was horrendous um, but then the highs there's been there's been a lot there's certainly people say there's certainly more lows in football but I've got to enjoy the highs of promotion, um, two promotions with Dundee. The first one I only played a couple of times as 
as an 18 year old. Can I say that? You've got to still yeah. take it. Well, I know, but I mean, to be fair, yeah, I played two of the last four games as well of that season, which were more high pressure games. Um, and obviously the promotion and the COVID season, which was a bit different. I would have loved to enjoy it more with my friends and family being at the at the game. But there's other there's other accolades as well that I look at and personal things like getting player of the, the player of the year at Dundee and stuff and captain and captain and Dundee against United in the cup. Like that's something that that would be something that you've dreamt of. Yeah, something that I, I've always like you've have those, you know, imaginative thoughts about doing that when you're you're older. And you never think it'll happen, you know. And it, and it's happened, which they things are special because maybe when I do look back after my career, touch wood, it's a prolonged career and it's a good career, but they're hopefully things that I look back at in, in years to come and think, do you know what? Yeah, I'm proud, proud that I've done that. I think the lows such as relegations because, again, I don't know why I keep touching on it, but obviously being a Dundee fan, do you think that hits you even harder and you maybe beat yourself up even more, like you said? Yeah, it was just, it was, I think that was just, a, like, there were so many things that year that had happened. Like, obviously, uh, McIntyre came in at Dundee and, and he wasn't playing me. He didn't, he didn't want, he, I don't think he actually wanted a lot of people to do with, with Dundee and around it. There was a lot of things that were going on at the time that, you know, there was about 12 signings came in in the January and there was quite a big split in terms of, you know, the people that were there had been put to one side. Um for a while I was still playing and then suddenly it was your left out of the squad. You're 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 not basically required um while he was there. But then it came round that he needed me for the you know the last remaining games and he suddenly wanted me to to be part of it. And then that's the difficult part because obviously you'll play for the club. You don't want to play for what what's you know maybe what the manager has done for apparent reasons, but you play for what, what you feel is right and you play for play for the club and what you you know you love and so I went and done my job and it was probably just I remember the Hamilton game when we got relegated the whole place was just you know sapped to energy it was I could sense it in the crowds like even before the game the crowd wasn't big it was nervy I was actually centre midfield that day playing like a, a defensive like role against a man v, um, man marking job sort of on, on Tony Andrew uh-huh. at the time um and it just it just got to me at the end of the the game. It just totally it totally filled me up with emotion. I couldn't keep it in. I went to clap the fans because I was out of contract at the time as well. Um, and I thought this is this is could be my last kind of time at Dundee, and it all got a bit too much for me at the time. But obviously things changed. Um, you know, McIntyre McIntyre left, um, and McPake came in, and you know he he made me his first sign in. To be fair. To be fair, Tom, and he, uh, you know, things, yeah, things changed for the better at that point. And as one of the players that was at Dundee last season, like we said, tough season for you. I can't have you on and no ask about Mark McGee. And uh, yeah. I do, I'm not going to slaughter him. I just want to ask, oh. what what was it like as players, like maybe seeing some of the stuff he was saying about the heat and no eating and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, look, seeing that on, on, I could easily say it was it would affect us genuinely, and that's just me being brutally honest. None of that stuff I even thought twice about. Like, see when he came out and said about the heat in or when I'll go naked and stuff. Like, I found that quite funny. It was probably that's what I think. I think you'd find it quite funny. 
I look back and think, you know what, he was maybe just trying to distract a bit of the pressure from from the players or whatever, even though it probably done the opposite effect in the end. Um, when the announcement was made as, as uh, McGee taking over from, from McPake, I think a lot of the fans thought it was maybe uninspiring or, or not, you know what I mean, quite as exciting yeah, yeah. as liked. Um, yeah, we didn't get the results. We didn't get the results that were needed to keep us up. Um, he probably didn't have the... I'll go, I say, talk about the energy, but the total, you know, enthusiasm to to really turn the club round and, and, and bring everyone with him. Um, but see, to be genuinely, genuinely honest, he was a total gentleman with me. Um, and, and I've actually, I've, you know, I have a lot of time for him as a, as a person. And, and and that's just the honest truth. I think first and foremost, before you become, you know, a good manager, you've got to be a proper person. And, and he certainly was that to me anyway. So I can only go on what he was to me personally. Um, you know, I gave him, as I do with well, most managers, if they do, you know, part ways, I'd like to give him a nice message and say thanks for the time that they've given me and, and, and try to improve me. And I certainly, I, I gave him one as well because I thought he was due it. I, I think with that whole thing, I think what he's tried to do is basically try and pull everyone together through humour and at his expense type thing. I know that question, it sounds like I'm pure trying to stitch you up about that. No, no, I mean, like I, would, I would, as a, as a, you know, I've got nothing to really, I'll just be honest, but he was genuinely a, a gentleman to me anyway, and I've got nothing, nothing really bad to say against him other than, you know, maybe it was the wrong timing for him or, you know, something like that, I don't know. But certainly towards me, he was a, he was a gentleman. Moving on to the new manager, Gary Boyer. How's he been and what's he changed since he came in? Yeah, he's been good. He's uh, there's been a lot of changes happening in the summer, so there's kind of been a whirlwind, whirlwind of change. Um, firstly, I think what's helped is we've changed kind of base where we're where we're at for training. We're at a different complex now. It's it's kind of our own. We used to be, you know, traveling to dens, tra- traveling down to training, back to dens, um, and it was it was quite, you know, logistic wise, it wasn't great. Um, but he's been really positive around the place. He's he's came in with a breath of fresh air and, and trying to you know galvanise the whole place because I talk about a lot of things that have maybe went on in the past and that spell between you know McIntyre and, and stuff like that. But there's a lot of good people at Dundee Football Club. I think a lot of people forget forget that, and I set, certainly within the football, you know, sometimes you know oh, the people that have worked at Dundee they sometimes have bad words to say, but it's. Dundee's a club to me that there's so many good people that work in and, and the, the work, you know, the work that these p- people put in is what, the, for me, is Dundee Football Club is, is about and it's that hard work that everyone kind of getting together and he certainly, he's certainly seen that, I think, and he understands what good people he's got, you know, that can really help, help work with them. And just going by social media and obviously, like I said to you, the games on the telly and stuff, it seems like he's got a proper sort of connection to the fans and I think well, Dundee for doing well and stuff we will follow in numbers and that definitely helps the team as well yeah that's that's something that it's gave them something to back again I think yeah and that's something that again I probably look at as a fan when I, sh- I shouldn't really need to bother about that stuff but that connection maybe has been lost over the last few years um, certainly been there and dipped a few times in the past years when there's been that sense of optimism with new managers coming in with a good run of form. 
But he certainly he certainly done that up to now, I think. I think even in the, the pre-season games, we were staying out on the pitch and just doing our wee team talk there and the fans were staying behind. They were they were getting behind it and obviously I think they've got their song from now and, and stuff like that. So, it's, you know, it is really positive. I just hope that, well, it's, it's our job to go and get the results. Like, that's what it comes down to. Um, and hopefully we can repay all the hard work that the club are trying to do. The ambitions for this season, what are they? Collectively, yeah, that's got to be it. I mean, there's no beating around the bush with it. There's no no other way to put it. There's only one goal that has got to be, and it's got to be to bounce back as quick as you can. Um, it's going to certainly, we've found out already, there's going to be hurdles along the way that you're going to need to deal with. And you're going to have to deal with, talk about adversity and things that are going to go against you. That's going to happen so many times this season. Um, but it's how you ride that out and how you pretty cliched saying it but it's, you know it's how you come out the other side of it and, and we've certainly got a, a strong squad there in terms of people I always go back to people first and foremost before you're a, you're a player or or anything like that we've got good people there who are willing to work hard and that takes you such a long way and on to you I, I don't think that's get spoken about enough to be honest the fact that 27 got a testimonial coming up and also in terms of your like your coaching badges and stuff as well going for your A licence, you were saying previously. It's just yeah. unbelievable to be 27, all that. No, it's... No, look, maybe when I do look back and I think... You don't yeah. like digging yourself up, do you? No, I, I actually don't. I, I, I'm just being brutally honest. Like, I, I always look at it and... I think I'm into, the, like, the, the top 45 all-time appearance record to hold in, but, like, that's... Dundee, I mean, that is... Um, and that's something that I look towards and strive towards. But I, I think a lot of people look at me and think, oh, he's at Dundee. He's he's just happy to sit at Dundee. And, and that's him. And people that know me, like, I'm not saying that I want to be at another club. That's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is every day I'm trying to be better and, and be the best I can be. So I don't sit and think about probably accolades or... And, and deep, deep inside my head and inside my goals and that, I've got that there definitely. But every day I'm just trying to be that wee bit better in, in what I am. And sometimes I probably get caught up in it too much and do things that I shouldn't do in terms of, probably get slaughtered for this, but like doing running on days where I should be resting or coaching when I should be, you know, relaxing. And But that's just, that's just me and then nobody's going to change that, I don't think. And, you know, even tonight, I'll be away coaching tonight and I've got my session ready to go and I'm buzzing for it, you know, and, and tomorrow I'll be up doing doing my extras at the training ground and, and stuff like that and, and trying to get the younger lads to, to come and do their extras, which, you know, I mean, I always, I always want to do. But, yeah, you know, what? I'll see what the next, hopefully, 10 to 15 years brings as a, as a player because I want to play till as long as I can. I pride myself on trying to be, to be fit, trying to be again in the best neck that condition that I can be um, but that takes hard work and, and hopefully I can continue to do that and for your testimonial I've obviously seen bits and bobs on Twitter and stuff but what what events have you got coming up and yes, what have you already got, had well firstly had the, the night with Kanija so that was that was an opportunity that came up that's um, incredible I've seen that it was incredible honestly I couldn't I couldn't believe it when it was first mentioned it was uh a good friend of mine who was on the committee was saying, look, 
there's an opportunity that Claudio was coming across to do a few things, but there's a spare night here that we're thinking about going with. And I'm going, what, can, like, Kenija's actually, what, we've got a night with Kenija? Like, is that the script? Is that what happened? And he's like, look, yes. I'm like, no chance. He's like, yes, it's happening. It's confirmed. We've got it in. I'm like, right, perfect. Um, so then it started to come to come together really quick. Um, and we've got Stephen Milne, who was, you know, he was a Dundee player and he was a local player. So we thought it would be good to get him in. And he played with Claudio as well. Um, we also had Charlie Adam, who stayed with me last year, and who's a, who's a you know a fantastic footballer, has had a great career, um, and we had um, Spironi. Some uh, lineup, eh? Incredible, and then Claudio Canigia, and I'm just sitting there going, like, I hope I was praying the night before. I was dead nervous the night before, um, and then the day came and, and it was just it couldn't have went any better it was it was like a Q&A but it was a relaxed feel to it it was on a was it a Saturday it was on a Saturday um, mid to late afternoon so people were kind of had went a few day drinks and stuff and I think there was a few games of football on so everyone turned up in great spirits and it just went just went so well there was a few good stories from Claudio about you know his time with Maradona um, a few silly stories about myself Um but then leading on to probably the next event, the Cy Ferry event. Well, um, that's going to be a terrible night for me. I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered, I think. Um, and I don't know if I'll be able to show my face after that. But it's going to Is be that a one good on one with Cy. Well, no, there's going to be guests as well. So we've got all the guests that are announced. There'll be Craig Whiten, who obviously I grew up playing with. We've got Rab Douglas, who I was a young lad with. Peter McDonald. Um, and we've also got a couple, so we've basically tried to do it from like being a young lad, growing up, coming through in the present. Uh-huh. We've got Darren O'Day, Paul McGowan, and obviously Ryan Legs, eh, Ryan Legs, and Ryan Sweeney, and Adam Legs, and from the current squad. Um, but there's going to be a few other wee things in there as well, I think, in terms of like, you know, all, all my old um, youth boys, and that'll be coming. So it'll be a good night. It'll be it'll be kind of a night to treasure. And then obviously we've got the um, dinner and stuff on the 28th of January um, so we've got that the game's the tough bit to get organised but that's still in the pipeline as well Anything close to getting lined up for the game yet? Well no there's a few things there's a few things you know that are quite hard to get final final details but we're still working on a, a really good good thing with that I really really feel for you for that sci fi night Yeah that's that's going to be a uh, be a good laugh that though It'll be a great laugh for you but got to take it on the chin, I think, whatever happens. It might not be the greatest laugh for you, but I think the crowd will enjoy it. Oh, they'll, they'll have a great night, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I definitely, you deserve it. It's nah, great it serving to Dundee. It's hopefully Dundee fans turn out in their numbers for it. In the game so. as well. I hope so, yeah. You know what, they came to the last one and, and I think every one of them will say they had a great day. So that's all I could try and, try and give for that. But it's all right with you, mate. We'll finish off on the, the quick fire questions. Yeah, the quick fire. I've been, I just had to be thinking that, yeah. Oh, come on, you can't have warned you. I pre warned uh, you about it. Yeah, well, there's there's a fair few that I could put in there. Um, right, so we need a goalie. We need a goalie in there. So you're starting off with your best five aside team with players you played with and why? Yeah, I'm going I'm gonna go with that. Um oh. 
Base, base keeper. What I played with would be, well, when I was coming through full time, it'd be it'd have to be big, big Rab Douglas. Um, I didn't actually get to share a pitch one, but I was I was there and amongst it, and I like the squads and that, and um, just a total way. I was on I was on his boots and stuff, as as a young lad. Now I don't know why, but like the couple of years when you're apprentice, you're absorbing as much as you can eh, and learning off all the good and bad. And he was just good habits, good habits down the gym. Um, and what you'll probably probably think is, oh, you're always going about other things other than them playing, but they're the things that make players for me in terms of all the other things, because Saturday takes care of itself for mm-hmm. these, these pros. Um, he was a great goalie, but oh, everything he'd done off the pitch, he was always in the gym. He would always, you know, want things done right. He always wanted his boots done right, you know, polished every day, put his place, and I thought that, that's the proper way to be a, to be right. a player. He had such a good career as well. Yeah, I'd put him in. Um, I'm going to just go top of my head. Glenn Kamara. That's a good shout, that. Glenn Kamara would have to be in there. Um, he came you know, he came up when, and nobody really, not knew too much about him, knew to be in Arsenal and stuff, but from the first day he came in, I thought... This guy's this guy's a level above everything he done. He could every t- every week. I literally used to just roll on, roll on the ball and he'd he'd do the rest. I'd probably roll him a few dodgy passes at a lot of the time. He used to get out. At, I thought, oh, thank good, <laughs> thank <laughs> goodness he, we've got him in the middle because he, he just used to get his way out of situations all the time. He kept it simple, kept the game ticking over, um, and that's probably like in football you talk about like players doing their jobs and he he done it brilliantly and what he done. Um I'd say who else? I'd need a defender in there, but I would probably be Dazzle Day, but then I thought it would be him. this is your chance to slaughter him. Well <laughs> I can't he's got too much on me. Um <laughs> it'd be it'd be a toss up between him or Stephen Cocker eh I forgot you played with him actually. Uh, Stephen Cocker, you know what he was I'd probably go Cox for for what he, you know, he was in England international. He was, I know Daz obviously played international as well, but that um, Steve Cox was premiership player. He came to Dundee for sh- such a short spell and, and probably a tough time in his career, actually. Uh-huh. Um, but what a football player. What a football player. He was so calm on the ball, he, he was a great defender, never seen him kind of get done for pace or, or look out of, out of position, so I'd probably put Stephen Cocker in there, because he went and kicked on again after he'd... I know. You know, there was rumours I'm going to Celtic and stuff when he was still at Dundee. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd put him in there, Glenn Kamara, Rab Douglas. Um, I'd have to put Charlie in there. Nah, you've got to. But uh, I left him out the one we'd done at the um, the event, last event, but that was to kind of wind them up. Yeah, I've got to put him in. Honestly, his, his left his left peg's the best I've seen. What a midfield two that is. Glenn Kamara and Charlie Adam. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, unbelievable. He was again probably coming to well coming to the end of his career, but um, had the had the joy of sharing a pitch with him, and he was 
is that he's he's one of the only players that I can see switch a ball the way he does, and it's can it's consistent all the time. Aye. that's why I said the Consistently finds you. Consistently knows where to play the ball at the right times. Probably be the he'd probably be the first to to say it. He probably didn't get about the pitch as well as he would have liked to in terms of the last couple of years. But I'll tell you what, the way he played the ball, second to none. You don't have to get about the pitch when you've got a left foot like that. When you're, exactly. When you're as good as that, honestly, he he was he was brilliant for it. So I'd have to put him in. Um, Maybe we'll a, of, a striker. Well, this is the thing. I would I was going to put a striker in there, but I don't know if this guy can play striker because I think I need to have him in the team. Um, and it's Paul McGowan. I was going to put maybe Kane Hemmings or something like that for a for a for an out and out goal scorer, but Paul McGowan, who you know what the reason I'm having him is because if I had to pick a team in training every day, he'd be in my team every day, every single day. He strikes me as the guy that kind of sets the standards in Dundee. Yeah, he does in terms of training you know, and stuff. Yeah, the way he trains, he's 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 up there with like Jim McAllister in terms of the way he was just consistently good all the time. And if you ever have a bad day, he notice it. You notice it with him because it's so few and far between. Um, and Gowser's obviously probably had you know a bit of a, a, a say a tough time for maybe a few of the things that he's done off the pitch in the past, but. Trust me, he's he's a he's a top man, and I say a top professional in the way that he absolutely trains and empties every day, every day. Um, and I don't just go about he's a he's a top player. Yeah, he's so hard to tackle. Um, he's he's good at all parts of his game. He's tenacious, but he's, he keeps the ball, retains the ball ball well. Probably one of the best kind of players that I've seen retain the ball for teams and take take the ball no matter what and keep it in tight situations and keep the ball moving for you. So I'd put him in there. I would I would I would, good I'd, team I'd, that. um so that would be that would be my team. Obviously others could get in it. They'll I'll probably get a hard time for not putting boys in. But off the top of my head there I'm, I'm just thinking of these guys. Obviously other others could have been in it, definitely. But um yeah. On to the next question I've put I'm, I'm just gonna ask you this now because if you didn't say him I'll be so disappointed. The biggest moaner you've played with. Yeah. Like, uh, I can imagine there's only one answer to that. And it's him, yeah. Gowser. That's an easy one for you. Yeah, oh, uh, every day he's... I need to learn. I don't know how after 10 years of being, well, eight years of being with him, but I've still not learned off him. Me and him have had, you know, like arguing like anything, and then he winds me up and tells me things that probably played on my head. And he, he's, he knows how to get... He knows how to get to me as well. Um, but yeah, biggest moaner. But it's because people say in the wrong way at times, but it can come across, sorry, in the wrong way. But he just wants the best. He's a winner. Um, you know, and, and that's the way Gowser is. And I don't think anybody would have him any different. The best stadium that you've played in? Oh, the best stadium I've played in? I've, I've actually, well, I'll quickly tell you a story. When I was young, I used to go to like the... Uh, Manchester United residential camps. Right, that was my summer. That, that's that's again what I go back to. Like my summer wasn't lying on, lying on some place or or away. It was going to, um, the residential camps down at in England for with the Man United. So you go for a week and you'd just literally be like a footballer for a week. You'd be you'd stay there. You'd get fed. You'd get watered. You'd be training twice a day. You'd be doing recovery sessions in the pool. And this is from the age of twelve to sixteen. I'd done that every summer. 
Um, and throughout those weeks that you were there, there was obviously loads of good players come from all over the world. And throughout the week, you do skills tests. You're passing, you're dribbling, you're keeping ups, you're shooting. And at the end of the week, your your scores would get tallied up and against every other group. There must have been about 12 different groups. And throughout all throughout all the summer, there must have been like 20,000 kids that would go. Um, at the end of the week, you'd go to Old Trafford and the actual stadium announcer was there and you'd sit in front of all your families before you went back to them. And uh, they'd announce who the, the, be the, the skills winner would be for the week. Um, and on two occasions, I actually won that and got to go to what they called the Man United World Skills Final and got to play on Old Trafford twice. That's insane. I wasn't in a proper game, so, I, I, you know what I mean? I can't leave, but I played on Old Trafford. That's my... Oh, that's a great story. So, yeah, that was... And I, you know, you go, I go back to it. I was... I think that I would have been 14 maybe 12 and 14 when I, when I got to the World Skills final. And I met, obviously, the Man United first team and met Sir Alex. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big... Well, not obviously, you don't know that, but I'm a big Man United fan and I'm like totally... Again, you buy into the way that Man United are and the tradition and, and what they are and what they believe in and all that. And it's just... Uh, that's the things that stick with me when I'm... That's brilliant. So, I'd say Old Trafford if I could say that. Yeah, that... And that's something as well. I would never, I would never have known that you played there. That's a good answer. Yeah, it was just uh, totally amazing. It, obviously, again, another wee dream kind of come true. I just wish it could have been in a real match. That's the thing. Your best mate in football. <sighs> best mate. Wow. Um... That's a tough question. A really tough question. Um... Got me thinking. I've got pals. I've got really good pals like Gowser, um, Darren O'Day. I've got people that are um, I'm really close with now, like Adam Adam Legsden, Ryan Sweeney. Um, people from the past, like Whiten and, and stuff like that. But I'd probably say one of my closest pals in football would be Matty Allen, who's at Montrose. Um, I grew up with him. I went to actually went to primary school with him. Ended up going full-time with Dundee with him. And he was like my car school buddy. Um, and we're still keeping... I don't see him as... Again, that's what I mean by a close friend. I don't see him as much as I should um, and stuff like that. But, you know, when we see each other, you're just, you're just pals, aren't you? Right. Well, I've got loads of them, but he's probably one that sticks out in, in my head. But loads of close pals, so I don't want to miss anyone out. I feel bad for missing anyone out. The best player that you've played against? Best player I've played against. Um, we played again. We've played players in pre-season and stuff like we played Lukaku, um, Ross Barkley, um, Navas. That was at City. All those players I played against them. But I go back to the the game against uh, last year. I had against Jota. Jota, you know, he, he's done it to plenty of people. But I pride Scared. myself. Pride myself on my one v ones, and that day I just couldn't. Second half, I couldn't get near it against them. Um, so he's a he's a top player. He is. He's a top player, and uh, certainly a game that. I, so I put him right up there. I put him right up there with those guys. And lastly, your biggest achievement in football. Um, my biggest achievement. Don't know. Um, again, it's not something I want. To, uh, 
really sit here and say I've done this, I've done that, because I certainly have not. But um, I think I've said that. I think I've said about five different answers for this. Been asked this in the past. Um, my best achievement would probably be. I don't know. Personal note would be would be player player of the year for Dundee, I think, and then in the season where it was my breakthrough season. Um, Go for that. Yeah, just just for my answer will probably change if you ask me in two weeks' time. But just at the top of the head, that's that's something that I'm dead proud of because of the story behind the player of the year trophy at Dundee as well, Andrew De Vries trophy, which was you know a Dundee fan who had passed away, and. Uh, the total meaning behind it and it was just it was everything that I'd always wanted to do or, or get because from the moment I'd went full time I'd been at the player of the year events and that was the one trophy that everyone had wanted they've started doing the players player recently but that the, Andrew DeVries was the big one that everyone kind of votes for all the fans and all this and that's your main trophy and it was just weird the night that I did get it I can't, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I was looking at the programme, all the last winners, and there was some, you know, big names on there. But it was like 20 years before, or when I'd first started, the manager that gave me it that night, the first winner was Neil McCann, who gave me it really? that night. And 20 years, or it was something, like years, to the day, it was Barry Smith that had won it. And it was like, it was like meant to be that night for me. It was just so weird. So that's why, again, it sticks out. That's quality. Go for that then, definitely. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Absolute top man, mate. Thanks a lot for coming on. Wish you all uh, the best for the rest of the season and the testimonial as well. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you, you having me on and hopefully uh, I'll hear from you soon, mate.